What's up, guys? My name is Ashley Horner, and I am here with Miss Brittany, um, who actually just arrived like 10 minutes ago. And today's topic, which is very important, it's it's all about your identity and the identity with social media, not losing that and to be able to feel comfortable and show your true identity and the power behind that once you start being able to feel the freedom and able to show your true identity. So we are going to do, we're here at American Brew and we are gonna, we always take a shot before our show. And this is the American Brew, our coffee whiskey shot, but it's undone. So we have a shot of bullet bourbon. We have a shot of espresso. We have a shot of the bourbon cream from the Cavalier. It's actually a local whiskey here in Virginia Beach. And then we just have a shot of the drip coffee, which I actually like to kind of sip that. So (laughs) Brittany (laughs) sat down and she was like, wow, we have four shots today. I was like, yep, just hang tight and I'll explain it it to you. So um, I just kind of want to make a toast to being the the real you and the the true you and to... I don't know, finding your identity and your true identity and, and not being afraid to let that shine. So, so how cheers. do we take this flight of things? So you're going to start with the bullet bourbon. Okay. And then you're going to take the espresso. And then you're going to take the, uh, the bourbon cream and then the drip coffee, which I like to just sip on that. Okay, then. Okay. All right. Cheers. Here we go. And then espresso. <laughs> that was a big shot. It's good, right? Right after the bourbon. Mm-hmm. The espresso. We have really good espresso here at the brew. And it's then the good. bourbon cream. This is so good. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. Oh, I like that. If you put it over um, ice, it tastes like... It's like... like, it's like, like it's, it tastes like melted ice cream. And it's dairy-free. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. But it tastes like melted ice cream with oh, a little bit of a... It's so good. And then the drip coffee. It's good. After everything else, because it's so strong, it doesn't taste that bold. Yeah. You're not a very big just coffee drinker, though. No, I'm not. Brittany recently started. Good. Brittany recently just started drinking lattes. She hasn't been. Some people just don't (laughs) like coffee. I love the smell of coffee. But you just don't like the taste. But you've had some lattes and stuff here at the brew. Yeah, the honey cinnamon one. That one, I would say, is probably my favorite. Yeah, that's good. It's not too sweet. And um, yeah, it's good. It's a good, good coffee, good latte. But... Slowly, I am working her palate towards <laughs> liking and enjoying lattes. <laughs> um, there was a time when I got into my career. I wanted to be, in my mind and in the thought of like what it meant to be successful, mm-hmm. it was being a fitness model. That's what I chased after for the longest time. And I was shooting a cover for, or it was like a test cover shoot for Oxygen Magazine. And I was with a photographer out in Long Beach, California. And we had the makeup artist. Um, we had someone to do my hair, which all of that is like really normal. And I had dropped a lot of weight to get to that quote unquote, what a cover model would look like, right? Yeah. The big hair, my hair was blown out. I had, um, at the time, and, you know, I have a lot of tattoos. I even have my knuckles tattooed now. But back then, it was just the... I had the half sleeve. The half sleeve, only. right? Yeah. 
And I was so stressed out because I had the half sleeve tattoo. Mm-hmm. And this was probably like, man, this actually could have been like seven years ago. And they're like females, especially having like a half sleeve. It wasn't super common. Females on the cover of magazines. I, I never saw that. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't very common at all. And I remember we had, we had purchased this makeup to try to cover my half sleeve just to make it easier for like editing purposes and stuff. And so there was a lot of time spent covering up my half sleeve tattoo and we started doing the, the photo shoot, which this was not my first shoot. I, you know, I was, I was pretty well like, uh, you know, conditioned in front of the camera and just poses and everything. And I just remember like, it was really difficult for me to be the bubbly, happy, I like to say cheerleader, which isn't. Well, there's a certain stigma around the type of girls that are on these magazines. They're bubbly, they're fun, they're, you know, and I feel like while, yes, you can be bubbly and fun as a person, I don't feel like that's, I feel like you're more of like a badass. Yeah. Like, like personality wise. And this happened kind of, this was, this all kind of was before I really started touching like the hardcore iron yeah and like getting super gritty and whenever I was doing this photo shoot it just I remember thinking whenever they're like oh just like you know toss your hair and be like aha (laughs) (laughs) I remember whenever I was doing that I was like what the hell am I doing (laughs) I know and it just didn't, that was, I'll never forget that moment. And I think the industry has, has definitely changed. There's a lot of fit chicks out there now that yeah. um, are, you know, they have like lots of tattoos. And I think tattoos for females definitely is, has been more acceptable um, and it's more common. But yeah. at the time, I, it was almost like this red flag that just, I hated that feeling. Yeah. Well, because it went against who you felt you were. Yeah. Who I felt most, most comfortable in. Um, But that was like, that was, there's been many instances and I think that social media can be, it can be huge into making you feel pressured to be one way or another. I, you know, if you're not careful, uh, there's a lot of positive things that can come from social media, but if you're not careful, social media can cause you to go down this rabbit hole of chasing perfection when there's no such thing as perfection. Um, of seeing even these families who are just super happy and blissful, and that's probably not the case. What's well, a highlight reel? A, l- a lot of people use Instagram as a highlight reel right. of the good things, and very few tend to want to share. The things, yeah, in and usually you don't want to you don't want to talk about that because you also don't want to just go. I mean, there are people yeah. who just it's just like a sob story, and they're just yeah. constantly, you know. But I think there's a difference between sob story and then sharing your struggles and how you overcome them. Right. And so I think a lot there are a good portion of people that talk about use it as a highlight. Oh, look at this, or look at that, or this, that, and the other. And I think that a lot of people are starting to gravitate more to those that share struggles because it makes them not feel alone Mm -hmm. and that it makes them feel like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like I was going in this direction towards this person with these unimaginable goals 
you know, unreachable. And then, but wait, this person who I also look up to mm-hmm. struggles with the same things that I do. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I started following you in the first place was that I wasn't into the bubbly fit chicks. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted somebody who felt real. And, and, and if you, if you know me, like I definitely have kind of like a wild personality. Like mm-hmm. I am, there is a, a bubbly I guess side to oh, me. Oh yeah, you're silly and goofy. Right. But but at the time I just I didn't like the fact that I was having to change exactly who I was and a lot of it had to do with just a self-confidence thing. I I I wasn't I was insecure about I this was the time that I was starting to come into myself and yeah. who I truly felt like that I was and I mean it was a little bit of like okay, go, like, this is how I, like, this is me. This is, like, just the raw, the rugged, the, you know, the gritty Ashley that just, like, lives really well, and I thrive really well in that environment. And I was like, oh, but, like, you know, I'm wanting to be, like, this fitness model and to sign with an agency and to do, you know, commercial fitness modeling. And it was just, it just, as much as I wanted that at the time, it didn't fit who I was as a person. Yeah. Um. But in the, I don't know, it, I'll just never forget like that moment. And uh, <laughs> I, I never really had a problem with it after that. I think I, I left that shoot thinking like, this isn't for me. I don't know what else is out there, but this and like, I, it was almost like I didn't even want a cover of a magazine if I had to change who I was exactly to please somebody else and their image that they were trying to uphold because that wasn't necessarily my image. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm really excited to let you know that today's episode of Reborn is brought to you by Manscaped. You've probably seen their products at Target and Ulta stores around the country. They are the premier brand for men's below-the-waist grooming. They offer the best products made from the best materials and formulations. Now, this is the perfect gift idea for any man in quarantine, and you know what I'm talking about. Because the perfect package, the 3.0 kit by Manscaped is the all-in-one manscaping starter pack that includes the waterproof electric trimmer and a ton of liquid products to keep men smelling oh so fresh and so clean. The kit includes the new Lawnmower 3.0 water-resistant body trimmer, the only trimmer on the market that is made with advanced skin-safe technology which reduces annoying nicks and cuts from common manscaping accidents. And you know we don't have time for any of that. So let's face it, you should have a different trimmer for your face than you do your body to prevent that cross-contamination. The kit also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Not only is this super practical, but... It's going to keep you smelling great, too. All of that alone is a killer deal. But for a limited time, this just keeps getting better, guys. When you order the perfect package kit, you get two free gifts. And this is what you get. You get the Shed travel bag and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs. This bag is awesome, but the Manscaped anti-chafing cooler boxer briefs is one of the coolest products out there. No pun intended. Listen, if you're putting all this time and care into manscaping your downstairs like a pro, which you should be, 
Don't just throw on any raggedy pair of boxer briefs, man. Seriously, that's super lame. So ditch the old boxer briefs and try the Manscaped boxer briefs. They have the optimal temperature control for their crop cooling technology. So whether you're just hanging around the house or going for a long run, the boxers will keep you cool and dry all day long. And this is how they work. The fabric is a super soft contour flex material, which is a microfiber blend that promotes breathability while also repelling moisture. And the waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing while you work out. But it's still wide enough to provide support without riding up on you. So seriously, these are great for working out also. Plus, when your girl sees the Manscaped logo, she's gonna know right away that you're a real Manscaped man. Now pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. When you purchase these limited edition boxer briefs as part of the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit online at manscaped.com, you can also opt into the Peak Hygiene Plan and get a replenishment of all of your favorite Manscaped products in every cycle delivered straight to your door. It's hassle-free, and seriously, how great is that? To get 20% off, that's right, 20% off, plus free international shipping, plus two free gifts, just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code ASHH20. That's manscaped.com, promo code ASHH20. And your balls will thank you. Not only are you guys getting a good deal, but my husband is super stoked about this product and he is out in the fields. He has been gone for a while now. And I know whenever he comes back, he is going to need some serious manscaping. So he is pumped about this. I know you're going to be pumped about this. Uh, it's a great product. So don't hesitate and get it while the code is good. Uh, and leading into just finding your identity and, and uh, the power behind that once you can find your identity um, and feel confident in that, we have a really cool guest on today. His name's Sam Ocho, and I'm really excited to have Sam on today and to talk about his reborn story and how through um, a tragedy, actually, he was able to find his true identity and not let the pressures of being like a big tough linebacker um, change that. And I think, I mean, we do get a lot of pressure and I, I feel like that I try to be pretty vulnerable when it comes to just social media. And I know that I, you know, with the tattoos and everything, I, I probably have like the presence of being tough. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I hear sometimes I can be a little intimidating to approach especially with my, with my staff that I have whenever they first come on. And then after a week goes by, they're like, man, you're just like the nicest, coolest boss ever. I was so scared. I was like, <laughs> shit, this is my boss. And, you know, and then after they get to know me and know how just well, like that, laid back and easy going. Focus look on your face sometimes. Like when you're in the zone, it's like. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess I, I don't see that outside perspective of me. But, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah I, uh, I'm really excited to have Sam on today. So here's my conversation with Sam Ocho. Today's topic is one that anyone with a social media platform can relate to. Identity. 
It's easy to feel forced to live up to expectations of social media, especially in a world of fitness. It's easy to make judgments based on only what people see on social media. And today I'm really excited to introduce my guest, uh, Sam. He is one of the NFL's smartest players. He holds his uh, NBA and he his career dates back to 2011 when he was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. He is a speaker, a podcaster, and the author of the upcoming book, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. I would like to welcome Sam to the Reborn Podcast. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? I'm great, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. Where are you located right now? So right now I'm in Dallas, Texas. Wow. How's the weather down there? You guys have gotten a lot of rain recently. Yeah, it's it's actually really hot. I've been in Chicago the last couple of months, and I just came down here to see some family, but it is high it's in the hundreds and it's it's humid so i'm trying to stay i'm trying to stay cool dang well i was reading about uh your bio a little bit and you have a really impressive background i think everything that you stand for it it's so i mean first of all being in the nfl is pretty badass but i think the depth of who you are as a person is really extraordinary and you have a book that's coming out and the, uh, the title of the book is, um, what, what is the title of the book? Yes, it's Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fake. So it's awesome you talk about this idea of depth and authenticity. That's what the whole book's all about. It's about what it means to be real and to, uh, I mean, for me personally, right? Like I know what it's like to be on a national stage and have all the accolades, people cheering you on, but it's, it's almost peeling back the layers of seeing what's, what's underneath the surface. How long did it take you to write that book? So funny enough, Ashley, so number one, I wrote it myself. A lot of people have ghostwriters. I wrote it myself, and it took me all in all, I'd probably say four months. I started in wow. March of 2019. I kind of did a couple stuff for two months and then took a break because I, I got signed back to the NFL. And then uh, I had a little bit of free time, so I finished it up uh, in, in November. So. so, and this was your first time ever writing a book. And you have, uh, you hold your MBA, correct? Yeah, yeah. So in all reality, this is kind of like what, what this this talk is all about, right? Identity and being reborn. I'm a I'm a writer, Ashley. People don't know this. Like I love the English language. Yes, I play in the NFL. Like I can recite Shakespeare. Uh, I can recite the Canterbury Tales in Middle English. I mean, like, so there's something about language that I really, really love. And for the longest time, I've been repressing that, mm-hmm. just kind of keeping it in because I didn't think it'd be what people wanted or what people cared about. And so when, funny enough, it was after an injury and after being released from the Bears, I've been there to sign a multi, multi-year contract and I had an injury and got released. All of a sudden, some of this pain that was in my heart started to come out and it came out in the shape of this book. Mm-hmm. And why did that pain come out? Like what, what was it that happened that, I, I feel like, you know, we, we are on this journey, right? And I think that we are so focused and we think that we know the direction that is intended for us. We think that we know our purpose and and where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do in life. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's like, boom. And it causes you to take a step back, to withdraw a little bit. And then it's almost like, you're, it's like your whole world changes and, and what you think that you thought that was you and like what you were holding on to, you aren't necessarily holding on to anymore. You're like, you have this newfound of something that you have a voice for and that you want to share with the world. 
And so yeah, what, and what was that that happened to you? Yeah, that's, well, that's exactly it. So I'd been playing in the NFL for going on my eighth year at that time. And I just signed a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract, living the dream. Everybody's happy. And I thought things were going great. But on the inside, I was, I was crumbling. Right, I'd been putting the weight of the world on my shoulders. And so I actually was leading up into training camp, the busiest time of the year where you go and you show what you can do. And, I'm, and I was in tears. I was in tears and talking to one of my friends just saying, I cannot wait till this season starts because I feel this pressure. I don't know what to do with it. And, and he said, Sam, if that's how you are now, uh, I'm afraid what happens when you actually retire from football. Mm-hmm. When football ends, how are you going to be? Right? My marriage was struggling. My relationship with my kids wasn't great with my parents. It just, I was trying to figure it all out. Um, and so in my tears and my, like the snot bubbles and all, he looks at me and he says, you know what? It's good to see you. Mm. And it, and it didn't make sense because I'd always, anybody who knows me knows I got this million dollar smile and things always got them together. He said, it's good to see the real you. And funny enough, I actually went to go see a counselor. He said, hey, you should talk to this guy I know. He's a, th- he's a therapist, counselor, just talk to him. So I did. The day we reported at training camp, right? It's supposed to be things all together. I'm meeting with the counselor. And he looks at me and he says, Sam, what do you do when you get angry? And I looked at him and I said, well, I, I try not to get angry. And he says, well, no, come on. Like, what, do you, what do you do when you get angry? And I said, I try not to get angry. And he says, come on, Sam, everybody gets angry. What do you do with your emotion? What do you do when you get angry? And so it was this, it was this realization that a lot of times with my emotion, with my anger, I will just lock it all in, right? Mm-hmm. I'll lock it in and I'll just say, you know, like, forget it. I'm going, right? I don't, I don't care. It's almost like this, this shadow side comes out of me where it's like, I don't, no emotion, no feeling. Just hide that part away, put it away, put it to the side and just go and attack. And yes, I can help you be successful, but it's also not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so you asked this question of what, what inspired me to write this book. So it was this deal of sitting with this counselor and saying, okay, who am I? Right? Like, cause I, he asked this question and all of a sudden after getting angry and I said, I wasn't going to, <laughs> after getting angry, I find myself in tears again. And, and he looks at me and he says, it's good to see you, Sam. Oh. He said, oh, by the way, he said, and oh, by the way, get used to hearing that. Well, fast forward, going to training camp the next day with all my guys, right? Six, four, 300 pound teammates, whatever. And we finished our first practice. I'm in the locker room once again, and I'm just sitting there, not saying anything, right? Upset, confused. And one of my teammates says, hey, Acho, because my, you know, hey, Acho, you good? And usually, Ashley, I would just say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired or I'm fine. Don't worry about it. But this time I looked at him, I said, you know what? I'm not good. I'm not doing okay. And he looked at me and he said, hey, Sam, I recommend you let it out. Whatever is inside of you, whatever's going on inside your heart, let it out. And I did. And you can guess what happened again. I started crying again. (laughs) Now in front of my teammates, right? I'm 6'3", 260, NFL linebacker, right here. And and what what does my teammate say? He looks at me in my tears and all, and he says, it's good to see (laughs) Sam. And so that's what this book is all about. It's about what it means to be seen, to be known, and to be loved. And fast forward throughout that season, my friend had actually said during that meeting that I, I told you about, he said, he said, hey, maybe God is writing a book in your life, mm-hmm. and you may only be on chapter two. Right. Right? And fast forward that season, I was supposed to be the starter. I remember, um, you know, number one, my wife had a complication from the, the baby we had, so she almost didn't make it during training camp. I lost my starting spot. I got injured. My house flooded. I lost a mentor. I mean, it just seemed like things were, I was supposed to go on a five-year anniversary trip to South Korea to go speak with my wife. All of a sudden, her wallet gets stolen, her passport gets stolen. Wow. And it was just this deal of like, so that was a time where it was like all that had happened. 
I find myself in Korea, of all places. I finish this football camp and a speaking opportunity. And I go to sleep that night and I wake up and I just start writing. And, and I was writing about love and fear and pain and joy. It was like this little kid that was inside of me was finally released to the world. And, uh, and I haven't stopped writing. Why, why do you think that you felt that pressure through social media to be like, where does that come from? Because, you know, having, uh, like just being like who you are and part of the NFL and having that position, uh, I mean, it's a lot. Like I, I can totally relate having a platform and just having, it's a responsibility, you know, there's lots of little kids who look up to you, your family and the players on the field. Like, what was it specifically that made you feel like that you had to keep so much in? It was just the pressure. I feel like it was that pressure of feeling like I always had to perform, number one. And number two, so much in sport or even social media, so much of our accolades are dictated by our performance. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea that if you perform well, then you will be liked well or you'll be liked more the better you perform the better you're liked or loved so it's almost this association between positive performance and love Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of us whether it be through social media through just watching tv through living life we have this association with positive performance or even good looks Mm -hmm. and love hey i look good so they're gonna love me right Mm -hmm. or i or i played well so they're gonna love me or i wrote i did something that people accept or appreciate and that's and, and what i'm realizing is that there's something deep inside of us that a lot of us don't even realize that we have that is really the source of our strength. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, as an athlete, right? It's like, man, you're so good at this sport. Well, I'm good at the sport because of the, the, the passion I have inside of me, right? The, the, the emotional person that I am, right? I put all my passion, I wear it on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me great at football. But people say, well, no, Sam, you're just great at football. No, the, real, the truth of the matter is that, no, I love you for you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. And that's what happened. I, lo- I told you earlier, I lost a mentor. And he was a 70-year-old man. He's my next-door neighbor when I used to live in Phoenix. What did, what did he, he mentor married. you in? Well, it, what, I, what I mean by that is when I say mentor, uh, he was just our neighbor. Mm. He was our neighbor, and I had just gotten married, right? I was, you know, 22, 23, just met my wife. And my wife was actually from Nigeria. There's a whole other story there. <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we had just got married, and he'd been married for 40-something, almost 50 yeah. years. And so I just sat in his office saying, hey, man, I'm trying to figure it out, so just give me what, <laughs> you know, teach me. And so we just, it was one of those kind of relationships. And yeah. so that's, that's why I use the word mentor. And we'll fast forward five years after I moved, switched teams, we kept in touch. And, and uh, I saw a message he had posted on Facebook asking for permission to go. Wow. And I'm wondering what he was talking about, right? Because he, so he had cancer and it wasn't getting better. And so he finally posted on Facebook asking for permission to leave. And so I call him up. His name was Jerry. I says, Jerry, what's going on? He says, man, the cancer's not getting better. Um, also, by the way, he's a man of faith. He's like, dude, I'm just ready to see Jesus. Like, I'm ready to go go yeah. home. That's what he said. And so I said, well, well, give me what you got, man. Like, give me what you got. And so he said, Sam, in my 70 years of life, um, he said, he said, the thing I really want you to know is he said two things. Number one, right, man of faith. He says, man, get to know Jesus intimately. Mm-hmm. That's what he said, right? Just get to know God. God wants to be known, right? And then the the other thing that he said, he said, I also want you to know that you are worth getting to know. Hmm. He said, never forget that you're worth getting to know. And those would be the last words I ever heard from my friend, from my mentor. And so this idea of being known and being seen, not for what you do, but for who you are, is what this book is all about. Wow. That's really, really powerful. Um, I, I also lost my, my father actually from cancer. And it wasn't until I have this moment just kind of ingrained into my brain of, 
Um, my mom and I sat with my father in our uh, kitchen where hospice had moved him in. And it wasn't until we started reading this specific passage through the Bible that he just took his last breath and we just let him go. And Do you remember what y'all read? I don't. I was trying to, like, my mom was, she was going to look back and, and look at the, the Bible verse. But um, just such powerful moments. And, like, maybe in the time and, you know, whenever you saw those words of his request, like, can I go? You you probably didn't realize at the time, like, how big of an impact that would have on you and you coming into, like, who you are now and how strong of a person. You were already strong and you're physically strong. But I think that like being physically strong is one thing. I mean, you can bench what you can bench, you can squat what you can squat, deadlift, like a ton of weight, but you have to be mentally and emotionally strong and you have to be confident and know that coming into who you are meant to be, it is about taking all of these life experiences, including the death of the mentor that you had and everything that you've experienced with your family and just the trials and everything that I'm sure that has just gone on with your career and, and you know, pursuing the NFL. Those have truly made you who you are today. Unapologetically who you are today. And there's something so powerful about that. And the fact that you are able to take the opportunity and you just woke up one day and started writing. When is that book going to come out? Yeah. So it comes out this October, actually two months from today is when it releases. So wow. it's available are you for so excited? Now. Oh, I'm so pumped, Ashley. Like when, you have no ideas. You have no idea. Where can people buy the book at? Yeah. So everybody who wants to hear to go pre-order the book, you can go to samachobook.com, cool. S-A-M-A-C-H-O book.com. Uh, there's some, you actually, even now, if you pre-order now, you get the first chapter, uh, some pretty cool content on there. So I'm so excited to share that with the world. Are you doing any book signings or anything anyway? Yes. Yes. Okay. Obviously, We're... obviously, well, COVID has kind of made stuff a little bit oh, more yeah, difficult. Oh yeah. I forgot. But, That's going yeah, on but, this huge pandemic. <laughs> right. No, but I'll be, I'm, my goal is to, 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 uh, do book signings across the country. Like that's my goal. Because uh, I want like this message of what it means to be seen and known. I feel like everybody needs it, right? So my yeah. goal is that hundreds of millions of people will be encouraged by the message. We'll hear about the story. We'll buy the book, and I think they'll tap into who they were meant who they were meant to be as well. Because yeah. that's like you said, actually, like living our, in our purpose and our identity. Like yes, I was physically strong, mm-hmm. uh, but now I am emotionally strong, yep. right? I always feel like a, a little kid in a big man's body. Right now, I feel like I'm growing into who I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so true. I mean, especially even just for like our younger generations growing up, there's so much pressure on social media. Like you don't even have to be anybody or like have like a huge platform or social media platform. There is, there is so much pressure for young individuals and people to just, they think that they have to live like this perfect life or, I mean, especially, and I see it all the time, myself being in the fitness industry. And it's just, you know, I see these young girls who are trying to chase after like the next perfect, you know, physique or the next, like, like in my opinion, there, there is no such thing as perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. You don't have a perfect life. You don't have a perfect house. You don't have a perfect body. You truly have to search and define what it means to be perfect and to be yourself within you. You have to define that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's truth to that. I think uh, I had a friend just, just remind me that, hey, Sam, like you, 
I would always go to people to try and get their advice or their expertise or whatever in areas that I already knew what to do, right? Like we all have areas where we kind of know what, yeah. it, may, it may be in the tech industry, maybe fitness, maybe um, writing, right? And so uh, she said, Sam, you're the expert. Right. right. You it was just the confidence, right? It was just because yeah, you, you weren't sure. You're like, what if I do something wrong? Or like, what if everybody like hates it? And that's the thing is like, it's, it's, it doesn't, you're trying to please the crowd. You don't have to please the crowd. I feel like if you are true to who you are, like not everybody is going to jump on board and like, you know, agree with everything that you do or agree with everything that you say or like the faith that you walk in, like everybody's going to have their own opinion. And I think once that you can find that confidence within yourself and know that this is the path, this is who I am and I'm not apologizing for it. Yeah, there's power. There's, there's so much power in that. I think that's what I learned. Right. Cause I'm super emotional. Uh huh. And I always felt like I couldn't be that way. I'm, I'm kind, I'm empathetic, but I felt like I couldn't be that way. I'm intelligent. I felt like I couldn't be that way in front of my teammates. And what I realized that when I showed who I really was, like faking it, faking it will get you in the door. Right. But being you will take you places you never thought you mm-hmm. could imagine. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the message I want people to know. Like when you're you, like, like the world changes. And so, and so that's the, that's the biggest message. So recently, I just want to read this quote that I pulled. Um, you recently tweeted, um, you tweeted this quote and it says, you are more than the sum of your past mistakes. You are more than a number. You are more than a mere cog in someone else's plan. You are unique. You are loved. You are valued. Not for what you can do, but who you are. Let the world see you, the real you. Like, what do you, what advice would you give somebody who feels like they have this pressure of having to perform if they're having this pressure to like always look the part and it, it's there. I mean, it is there and it is very real. It's real in the athletics that you're doing. It's real in like the fitness world. It's, it's real. What would you say to somebody, regardless of their age, who is just wanting to like, to, to, how do you find that? How do you truly find your identity and how do you feel confident being able to just show the world unapologetically who you are? Well, I know for me, one thing that's really helped me is, is just leaning on my faith. Like I know there's a God who loves me, mm-hmm. right? Like I know, I don't care what people say. I don't care what my coaches say. I don't care what, how many likes or follows I have. Right. Like I know there's a God, the fact that I have breath in my lungs and I'm still alive. I know there's a God who sees me, who knows me and who loves me and who thinks that I, who believes that I am not only worth getting to know, but worth getting to love and embrace and get to know even better. Mm-hmm. And so I would tell anybody who's going through this, uh, these, know, the questions of, man, am I worth it? Cause I've had those questions before. Am I really worth it? Mm-hmm. Or am I just, am I just along for the ride? And it's like, no, my fears, my doubts, my struggles, they are unique to me. And it, here's what I mean by that. Like that, they help make me who I, who I am. Right. It doesn't mean I'm the only one who has these fears or doubts or struggles, or I'm not the only one who has these uh, goals and things that excite me. Um, other people have, may have similar goals, but those things make me who I am. So if I cut off the pain, 
I'm also cutting off the joy. If I cut off my sadness, I'm also cutting off like the parts that make me happy. So I need to really, I would tell those people, just embrace the good and embrace the bad, embrace the ups and embrace the downs. Cause those are all a part of your story and your story is unique and your story is what makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. So what, like what's next for you? What do you, uh, what do you have in the pipeline? Yeah. So a couple things I'm really excited about, obviously you're the book, right? Samachobook.com. That's coming out in two months. Uh, I'm training. I'm a free agent in football right now. So I'm training uh, potentially to play again next year. But what I realized actually during that time with, I told you the whole season of life with the injury and everything is that I'm more than a football player. So in all reality, I'm looking forward to writing more books. I'm looking forward oh. to encouraging more people. I'm looking forward to um, really just, just, um, walking in my in my in my like God given purpose, right mm-hmm. in the spaces that I feel like I can walk in. It's whether it's in the so in the you know space of justice and trying to right wrongs, or in the space mm-hmm. of um, leading in the NFL in that space, or in the space of just trying to really encourage people. That's that's where I where I see myself going. What what else do you want to write about? What well, do you feel like no. on your heart? Like yeah, what yeah. what else? Yeah, well, in all reality. Um, I've known for a while. I haven't shared shared this with people. So anybody on your on this podcast is going to be the first to know. Um, I want to write about transition, mm. and what I mean by that is I want to write about change. I think a lot of people, like people, always say, "Well, I fear change." People don't fear change. People actually love change. They love taking their body from out of shape to in shape, from really weak to really strong. They love change, but it's the process of getting to that change that people aren't really comfortable with, mm-hmm. and so. What I want to write about is that process. Like, what does that change look like, right? It's almost like for me, hey, Sam, football's over. Now what, right? Your identity is no longer in this mm-hmm. thing that you thought that it was going to be in. And yes, I'm excited about whatever the next thing is going to be, but it's that process that is mm-hmm. a little bit uncomfortable. And so I want to write about what it means to live in that process and to grow in that process and to, and to uh, really just enjoy that process because change is really, really good. And I think we all like it. Yeah. So I'm located in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and it's a really big military town here. And it's funny that you say that because like I I see that a lot. I didn't even think about, uh, you know, a professional career like the NFL, um, you know, where you literally dedicate your whole life to that. Like that is, that is you every day. You wake up, you breathe it, you eat it. Like it's, it's, it's all consuming. But it's important to ask the question, like, what does it look like when you've like that is your identity? You've identified with that so long. And, and I see that a lot with military and then, you know, they become veterans and then it's they lose their identity because they go from like this community and this culture of like where it's like, you know, the guys, the girls and, you know, the soldiers and. Um, and then they transition out into the civilian world and then it's almost like you can feel kind of lost. And so I think, I think that's going to be an amazing book. I think that there's a lot of light that actually needs to be shed onto that. Um, so whenever you started showing like your true self, when you started, you know, you have, and you, I can tell, I can see just by like your charisma and like that you, I mean, you do, you have this fire about you, Sam, And whenever you were able to start showing that like to your teammates and being vulnerable, 
How did that how did that make you feel and did it cause anybody else on your team to maybe start being a little bit more vulnerable? I mean, were there like all these, you know, 250 guys sitting around the locker room crying? <laughs> what was yeah. going on? Yeah, well, what happens when you're you, like when you when you are you, you also give permission for other people to be themselves yeah. as well. And so what happened with me was that when I was me, I almost had this almost had this freedom that I didn't even realize that I had. And that freedom, it almost, it translated to my teammates. Here's what I mean by that. So there's a practice, right? I told you I'm crying. I'm like in tears right before practice, trying to get it together. And I really, I said, I can't, I can't do it today. I'm not ready to go. I, and, and we had a, uh, one of the people who works for the team says, Sam, I think it's best you just go out there and like, we'll talk after, just go out there and do what you need to do. So when I, you talk about this power being unleashed, I remember going out to the practice field and just dominating, right? I was being the full me. And when I say I was, do, I mean, I was dominant, right? Doing one-on-one drills and just imagine just crushing a workout, right? Doing weights you've never done before, dominant. And then we had a little two, three minute break before we went to the next period. And then in the ne- between that two to three minute break, I was in tears again. Wow. Right. So it's almost like this fire hydrant of power that was just unleashed, mm-hmm. but it, the hard part was almost controlling it. But the thing is, it gave other people that freedom. And so what happened, I told you that year I actually got injured. I tore my pec. But at, at, at the same time, though I was injured, I still was me. So what I started to do is I started to actually sit with my teammates, listen to them. I realized a lot of these people, they didn't have anybody to listen to them. So I'd sit and listen and learn and talk to them, pray with them, whatever they needed. And we had our best season ever wow. in the last 10 years that year, right? Went to the playoffs, this close to the Super Bowl. Right. That's what happens when you're you. God gets the glory. The people around you benefit and the world around you thrives when you are you. That's amazing. Well, look, Sam, I'm definitely going to get online. I'm going to be a supporter. I'm going to get your book. And I'm really excited to see just everything that you have going on. And where can people find you? Like social media handles, website. Where can we find you and follow along your story? Yes. Well, the, the best way to get in contact with me, just go to samachobook.com. That's got all my info on there, right? Social media at the Samacho, T-H-E-S-A-M-A-C-H-O. Um, and actually, I'm going to get I'm going to get I'm going to get you a copy. So uh, I'm gonna get no, I want to support. I, I'm going to I want to buy. I want to support. Let me support. All right. Yes, okay. I appreciate that. I would I really like that. to do that. So best of yes. luck. It's an honor to have you on the Reborn podcast today. And thank you so much. And just best of luck with everything, Sam. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. At the end of every segment, I like to give out a homework uh, for the listeners. And this homework segment is going to be about reconnecting with an old friend to try to spark up Um, or rekindle a relationship that maybe it just kind of faded because life is fucking busy. Um, Maybe there was something that happened in your life that you kind of like lost touch with this person. Um, But it's important. And um, so this week's homework assignment for you is to make the effort and to reconnect with somebody that you once thought was lost or that you haven't heard from in a while. And to be the first person to reach out because it goes a long ways. And let me know how that rekindling the reconnection goes. 
My name is Ashley Horner. Thank you so much for joining me on today's Reborn podcast. Make sure that you subscribe, um, leave us a review and share this uh, Reborn podcast with your friends and your family and anyone else that you think could benefit from tuning in and to listening to us today. I'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.